for our intro story, I, I have to admit, I, I did definitely steal this from the Inconsolables. Shout out to Calgar. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew. It was so good to hear his voice back on the show this week. It was a great episode of the Inconsolables. Everyone go check out their podcast. But uh, the story I, I stole from them, it also comes out of Eurogamer. And this one was written by Ed Nightingale. Let me solo her rose to fame recently. Helping players defeat Millennia. Is it Millennia? Millennia, maybe? Melania Trump. One of Trump. the games... One of, one of Elden <laughs> Rings. <laughs> I don't know if it's a cheeky reference in there, a political reference. It's a very old software. reference. <laughs> not not too current, is it? Give it a couple of years, man. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be relevant again. Oh, dear. Start not starting the show with a bang. Uh, so, one of, one of Elden Ring's trickiest bosses, Melania, is... Online, players can summon others to assist in their own game. Let me solo her, uh, Elden Ring player, regularly left a summon sign outside the Millennia boss fight to aid players struggling with the battle. A testament to the goodwill in the Elden Ring community. The player soon became iconic on social media for his lack of clothes, pothead, and twin katanas. And that's like he's literally wearing a pot on his head, not that he is a pothead 420 my first experience is a quote from let me solo her quote my first experience defeating millennia was very tough and took me nearly 170 times so i decided to help other players fight her so they could feel relieved the player told polygon i really love her design and her attack animations now though there's no need to summon the player himself Modder Garden of Eyes has turned Let Me Solo Her into a Spirit Ash Summon. Swap for the Lone Wolf of Ashes. Players can now summon him anywhere. The mod names the summon Puppet of the Legend, whose skill was a match to the rot goddess herself. The description continues. His famous words echoed through every era. I always wear a jar on my head, and I do not bail on any millennia boss fights. The mod is available on Garden Eyes Patreon page. So, <laughs> Drew, what do you think about this? This so this is basically this, this guy's blown up in like the sort of Elden Ring community meta, basically, and like you know, even apparently an, an NPC has also been modded into uh, Elden Ring as well too of this this character because he has this very iconic look to him. Uh, IGN interviewed him as well too. He's been like all over <laughs> all over everywhere, and now yes, he's been modded in as a summon in Elden Ring. Drew, what do you think of this? Well, this is the first time I've heard of it. I um I haven't dived into Elden Ring yet. I've I was very close. I was I was going to make like a, you know, a sort of a, a purchase, you know, willy nilly. It's it's the new hype thing, but uh, they ran out of copies at Big W. I'm like, all right, that's probably a blessing in disguise. I'll <laughs> I'll buy it a bit cheaper a bit later on when I have more time and I can actually play it. Oh yeah. But I do love how that like a single player game like this can just have such a robust community just through the interactions within the game itself and mm. that uh, it, this guy becomes like a bit of like a bit of a celebrity just uh, getting around leaving messages and being a bit unusual oh absolutely and, and you know what too it, it it's a, there's an extra layer on top of it because the way the multiplayer works in Elden Ring is he sees no runes and no no experience or, or any gains towards his his player character 
from doing this. It's purely just to help out those other players because, yeah, like Calgar was saying on the Inconsolables, Millennia is meant to, is like the hardest boss that's ever been in a From Software game, which is saying a lot because mm. they are some difficult titles. Lockie, are you going to summon Let Me Solo Her when you go to face Millennia? Oh, what a legend. I got to say, like, yeah, there's nothing to gain from doing this other than just being a good person. Like, that's... Yeah, what are they? It's the good guy meme. Because, like, normally normally Elden Ring has scumbag Steves all over the place that are um, trying to fuck you over, invading your area. Although, look, I got to say, the... Elden Ring is so much more playable in that side than any of the other Dark Souls games because the other Dark Souls games, um, I I don't think, I don't think you have a choice. If you have an internet connection, you can get invaded at any point in the game, and then you're just stuck dealing with that for the next ten to twenty minutes, and that's mm. your life. So mm. not only are those games horrendously <laughs> difficult, but then you would have someone that's actively, they understand the game, they're there to troll you and ruin your time, uh, and normally they're <laughs> over-leveled and they, have, and they just go with whatever OP build they can to make sure that they're screwing you over deliberately. Um, yeah, so uh, I got to say, this is the exact opposite of that. Wow, have times changed with From Software? The community is becoming nice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> The world's getting kinder. <laughs> Elden Ring is uh, is mainstream now. It's like the first the first from software game to really go mainstream. Was it sold like already sold? What was it, like? I think it's like ten it's like million, million copies or tw- yeah, twelve million copies. Yeah, damn that jump button made a difference. Oh. <laughs> it really Oof. did. So now it's mainstream. Yeah, you're gonna see not just like the hardcore gamers who are playing it. You're gonna see like like everyone and yeah, like the wholesome communities come along with that for sure. I uh, I've been able to get through that game just by over leveling and chucking my rocks at everything by doing a mage build and it's been a lot of fun i've really enjoyed it but i'm up to the area where millennia is and Mm. i'm getting my ass kicked Uh, it is like just regular enemies got these fucking wolves with elves on the back that shoot arrows at you and they're a pain in the ass like they're so quick and just they kill you very very quickly is a nightmare so I've got a feeling I'm going to be uh, using my summons for sure when it comes to fighting Melania, and I'm very much hoping I get to meet Let Me Solo her. Apparently, it's even sparked like like uh, uh, people like sort of uh, like do it, just copycats as well too. So you can get people in who have like similar names, but it's the one that just says Let Me Solo her. Uh, that's that's the one. So how's that for an intro story? A bit of bit of wholesome goodness to start off the show. We do need some wholesome goodness. Yeah, it's a good change of pace. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to News to Reviews, your place to be for gaming news stories and also... Your place to be for impressions on the latest games coming out each and every week. My name is Zach, and I am here with my wonderful and luxurious co-host. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> it's Christmas. Sorry. background. I'm digging the, digging the Zoom background, man. Very uh, uh, out of space. I'm feeling out of space right now. I'm so bloody tired. How's it going, Lockie? <laughs> It's going well. Check out our latest Twitch stream to find out why I'm obsessed with space. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. That yeah. weird moon thing that you're That's about. right. The weird moon thing. That's our little <laughs> teaser. If you want to know more, watch the Twitch stream. It is worth it, oh, I promise you. I am intrigued. Little moon thing. <laughs> I might go and check the, that out. Yeah. Oh. The big moon thing, actually. It was, uh, it was bloody interesting. But, yeah, the, the VOD is up. Check it out at twitch.tv slash news to reviews. Quick plug there. <laughs> Oh, and our guest we're definitely going to plug shortly, that's for sure. We have Drew Agnew from the House of Mario podcast. Drew, how's it going, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you, guys. I'm very excited to be on the show. Uh, I love the energy you guys bring each week, so it'll be fun to jump in with you and discuss some video games because... To be honest, it's been a little while since I've talked games, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, bloody open it. <laughs> it's been a little while since we've done a, a 8 a.m. morning recording on a weekend as well too, and I, I was lucky enough to go and see uh, Auntie Donna last night. Ooh. Shout out to Hunter and Matt, who I went to go watch it with, and uh, on the the, the old uh, Magical Dead Cat tour. And oh, it was a lot of fun. It was so good, but yeah, didn't get to bed till about 1 a.m. So I feel like it's going to be a bit of a loosey-goosey, lack-of-sleep, tired episode of News to Reviews. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's been a while for that. <laughs> but uh, Drew, I'm a massive fan of, of House of Mario. It is the only Nintendo-centric podcast that I listen to. It's fucking fantastic. Where can everyone find that and, and all the content that you create? Oh, well, I, yeah, like you said, do the House of Mario, which is with my best friend Bryce. And uh, it's the South Australian Nintendo podcast, which we put up on podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. I dare say everyone hears all the time. Wherever mm-hmm. you can find stuff that doesn't have the video with it. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, we, we have an absolute blast talking about Nintendo. That is like my, I guess one of my biggest passions is gaming. And when it comes to Nintendo games, they'll be probably my favorite out of all of them. So it's fun to dive into them. But uh, like as as far as like this show goes, I'm really looking forward to getting to this because I don't get an opportunity to talk about um, you know other games a whole lot. You know when um <laughs> like say like all the bad stuff happens with Activision or Ubisoft or whatever, we can sort of just ignore it. Like ah oh, look, none of those games come to Switch anyway, and you know I don't really <laughs> talk about it. So it it does uh, it does work out quite well in that respect. You can ignore a lot of the. The issues. <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> being so closed off to the rest of the industry does have its benefits yeah. in some areas, that's for it sure. Just, it just means we can focus on just bagging out Nintendo when they do really <laughs> ridiculous stuff. It's like when they decide to double the price for Nintendo 64 games, it's like, oh, fair. That's weird. But then they add really valuable DLC to that. It's like, why didn't you just tell us that? Then we wouldn't have to like question why... Oh. It's like, oh, I don't know. What game? They're, they're a frustrating company, but it's fun. I got to, I got to know now. What, what game did they do that with? Oh, they, they added um, Mario Kart and Animal Crossing DLC. But yeah. when they actually raised wow. the price, they didn't tell us that, yeah. like Mario Kart DLC and that was coming. If they just say, hey, look, first party DLC is coming to the service. Oh, well, that's actually pretty good value. Yeah, that's awesome. But they never actually, they never actually say that. Yeah, God, yeah. nostalgia gamers love that. Any t- anything where they can get the original game and then just a little bit more. God, we'll pay full price. Yeah, just uh, just put it into our veins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Nintendo definitely have the uh, Nintendo vaults, just like our Disney has the Disney vault. Mm. That's for sure. Now, be- before we get kicking with the news, I've, I've got you mentioned that you're from South Australia. I've got to know, what mm-hmm. do you call <laughs> the yeah. sticks on a controller? Because this has been a contentious yeah. argument. Ooh, well, not an argument, yeah. but just an interesting story on this show. <laughs> sticks on a controller. Yeah. And that, and that varies between state... A state? Is that uh, what? I, 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 I haven't I, heard this before. We're, we're about to we're mm. about to find out. Yeah, Zach's okay. about to try out. and create some uh, some YouTube drama here. What would you call them? What do you call them? I don't know. I'll just call them sticks. <laughs> I don't know. We had we had an, uh, an episode. It was a long time ago. Now this is going way back in news to reviews law, where uh, Lockie was referring to them as toggles, and uh, it was oh, Roger what? who was on the show. We actually had on last week. Was like, uh, what are you, what are you calling, calling toggles? And uh, we we seem to sort of pin down that it was a, a South Australian thing because Aaron calls them toggles as well too, and he's also from South Australia. So, mm. oh, funny. That that makes me laugh just hearing that outright. But when you think about it, say if you go if you go to like your map screen at the bottom, it'll probably have like L three, even it will say toggle. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Probably has, and that kind of makes a little bit of sense when you. I guess think about it in that perspective, but just looking at a <laughs> controller and being like, yeah, just uh, look, use the left toggle to move your character. I was like, that sounds, that sounds a bit odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, th- I can provide a bit of context and maybe it's a regional mm. dialect. Maybe there's, different, <laughs> maybe there's North and South Adelaide. We've got a, we've got a steamed ham situation going on here, mm. but mm. I, this came from, this came from a very specific time. This came from the Nintendo 64 era which was the best era, and it was to describe the middle that the the middle you know Joy-Con. I guess Joy-Con is what everyone would call that now, or Zach, what do you call analog it? Stick. Analog, yeah, analog, like yeah. like a clock. I don't get or it. Or joystick anyway. or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so uh, we called it toggles where I grew up. Everyone. Mm. Yeah. Who came up with it? I think my my boss over uh, at, at the place that I, I work for, not going to say where. Uh, they they said they were from Queensland, and they said they called it toggles as well too. <gasps> so, right? Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll probably go with stick or analog stick, mm. and like joystick is like you know the big arcade one which would play Pac Man with. Makes mm. sense. Um, but you know, I, I think toggle is acceptable. I think you might just have to do some <laughs> explaining when you go when you travel the world a little bit. And everyone's like, "What's a toggle?" We're like, "Well, yeah. uh, it's actually the uh, the little the little nub thing on your <laughs> on your controller." Look, I'm from this particular region in South Australia, and that's yeah. what we call it, right here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, not Utica. It's an Albany expression. <laughs> <laughs> Great Simpsons reference. Oh, if you also think the word toggle is funny, please leave us a rating <laughs> on Spotify or iTunes. <laughs> we could definitely use it. It's the easiest way that you can help out the show, and we very much do appreciate it. But we have a, a packed week of news this week. Let's get jumping right on into it. <laughs> Our first story... Oh, we got some shenanigans to start off the show. Sony and Microsoft are both looking at ways to include ads in their games. 
So first off, this is a quote from... Uh, uh, so this, this comes out, these quotes come out of Business Insider. Uh, Microsoft wants to let advertisers place ads inside free-to-play Xbox games and is currently identifying ad tech companies who can create the in-game inventory and work with ad agencies to place the ads, said two people who are involved in talks. Those sources said those ads would show up as, for instance, digitally rendered billboards in a car racing game. Uh, as far as PlayStation is concerned, the new effort expected to launch by the end of 2022, so not that far away, would put ads inside PlayStation games themselves to be sold via a private marketplace, the sources said. The goal is for the ads to appear like they're part of the game, like digital billboards in sports stadiums. Formats could include ads that give viewers rewards for watching ads and promotions for in-game items like avatar skins. So Sony and Microsoft, uh, yeah, looking like they're very likely going to implement ads in their free-to-play games. Drew, what do you think about yeah, some ads in those free-to-play console games? At first, it doesn't sound too good, but I think like... For the like correct game, it would actually maybe enhance maybe like the feeling of it. Like for example, if you're playing FIFA and you can see like advertisements on like the billboards and mm. like the sides of the pitch and stuff, you know that's just like real life. I guess it might m- make it even feel more real. Same with like a racing game. If you're just passing by a McDonald's sign, you're like well, it, it, that's like if you watch the F1 or mm. any of these other like real racing events in like real life. So if it's done like that and it doesn't sort of, uh, I guess, put a damper on the game and make it just like puts it in your face. Like if you're playing God of War, then it just like <laughs> pop up, <laughs> comes up. And then you've got to like move your toggle all the way to the X <laughs> and, <laughs> and press uh, confirm to get rid of it. Kratos is like trying to pull a cart and it's not working. He just looks directly down the camera. This wouldn't happen if I had Bridgestone tyres. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. So I really need some some really durable tires. Where should I go? And the pe- the camera just pans all the way over to the the Bridgestone Tires uh, Center, and you get a nice little tour of the of the building. You meet the manager. You're like, oh my god, just want to play the game. And then Clyde Palmer walks onto the screen, and he's like, vote for me. It's just like, where where does this end? You know. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think it's it, it's kind of it's kind of cool if it's integrated into what's already happening happening in the real mm. world um, around the sports stuff. I don't think they're going to do that. I think it's going to be clunky mm. and awkward, and it's going to have. It's, I don't know. It's it's probably going to be really annoying. I I don't have an issue with free free to play games having ads in it though. Um, as long as they have a premium option where you can elect to not have ads. So if you decide to pay mm. like five to ten bucks for the game proper, um, to not have the ads, then I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, and like the the mobile sort of ecosystem's already set up for that. Like if you yeah. wanna, if you don't want ads to uh, play when you boot up the game, you know, just pay five bucks and you can get rid of them. And I think that's a, a good model to have. Um. What does bother me is just like if we do have a situation where Microsoft and Xbox, no, sorry, <laughs> Microsoft and uh, Sony themselves mm-hmm. implement this into their first party games, I think they need to stay clear away from them oh. because those oh. are like, obviously, especially oh. Sony, they're like premium experiences and uh, we want them to be like, you know, big console sellers and um, just really fun experiences. And even with uh, Xbox and Game Pass, they could go down this route and be like, hey, look, you're getting this for a lot cheaper. Let's 
implement some ads to sort of supplement like the game pass fees and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sort of saw, saw this with Halo because with Halo Infinite, I was really excited to get into it, but making it free to play, it's like, well, I'm getting nothing with my game pass sort of subscription. I'm only, I'm only getting it free like everyone else. And I'm expected to pay for the battle pass like everyone else. And mm. I would have liked to see a lot more benefits come with game pass for that game, especially. So mm. There are some slippery slopes, but if they do stick to just like signs in the game and things you can pass by and look, you might go past a Burger King sign or a Hungry Jack sign, depending mm. on what part of the world you're from. Yep. Like, hey, look, uh, look, oh, that, that triggered something in my brain. I am going to go and get that. I guess yeah. I guess that's okay. They can manipulate us in that way, but nothing too much to actually, you know, take us away from our hobby, which is meant to be fun in our free time and not be just advertised to. That's right. And you, and you, you touched on a, a couple of things. You said a couple of keywords that really stood out to me, like mobile ecosystem. That's the thing that kind of makes me a little mm. bit worried about this whole story because I, I yep. fucking hate freemium mobile games. I'm not a fan of having those, like, you know, countdown timers. Oh, you can watch an ad to skip the countdown timer. Like, I, 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 I hate that. So if mm. I start seeing like features like that start to creep in, because they have met, they did mention here that there could be like ways to watch ads to get rewards. If they're oh. going to start setting up timers and stuff in there, that's that's that. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not into that. Like I, I think like, like anyone, uh, and like what you guys were saying, I do agree. If they if they can implement it into you know a racing game and have it on a billboard in the background, that sounds very palatable. And I think they know that as well too. But you mentioned the other thing you mentioned there is it, it can be a slippery slope and that is exactly where I worry about this going right now we have gaming daddy Phil Spencer running Microsoft and everyone loves him and he's an actual gamer apparently and 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 it's that's what it's all about uh, but he's you know he's the the head of Xbox for now uh, and you know if this stuff gets implemented under him the next person who comes around might not be like Phil Spencer and and very easy way for them to you know boost profits immediately would be mm. to just start pumping more games with advertisements so look I, I think if they're going to put it anywhere free to play games is the way to go but oh god I definitely don't want to start seeing them emulate the sort of mobile market that is uh, <laughs> that is a route I do not want to see console gaming go. I think that's exactly where they're heading because th- none of this mm. is coming from a place of creativity they're, they're going well mobile marketing and gaming is making their money this way and revenue mm. this way and we want that revenue so mm. As long as they don't put it in the premium games, I don't care. We've seen a lot of sort of uh, this sort of strategy come from mobile gaming as well. Uh, you can see like these companies just like, God, they're making so much money. How do we make that much money but here? Yeah. And you see that like it just starts off with like mm. DLC, which DLC is good. I quite like expansions to the games. But then like microtransactions start slipping in. And it's very much just like, you know, Call of Duty, just putting like the, the reticule, being like, oh. hey, look, we sell this for a dollar. It's like, wow, that is... That actually requires no effort <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> then, like you know, just stuff like that. Then the advertisements are now you know becoming a becoming a thing, and mm. eventually we'll just keep going from there. But hopefully, hopefully we do see some <laughs> some improvements as far as this goes. Because I don't know, I just won't tolerate. It. I won't play it <laughs> if it's got like too much <laughs> shit in it. I, I agree. It, you know, there's something in your brain that uh, I used to play it when I was younger, but now I I know in my brain that. I don't want to play that game. As soon as I start getting that feel of, oh, this is YouTube basic, where the ads start coming in and watch to play and time locking. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck that. The game's not worth it. Could be the best game in the world. I don't care. 
But something else that I'm just thinking about, and I think this is potentially where game companies are heading as well, is that we have mobile gaming as in remote play gaming, where you use your mobile or any tablet screen or laptop platform where it just streams the game that you're playing that's being run on whatever power or console server. Cloud. Exactly. Yeah. So you got your X Cloud, you got your Steam Guard, I think they're calling it, or and Google and Stadia, <laughs> Google Stadia, and what? What's the Nvidia GeForce Now? So I think what Amazon I has think, one as well. I think Australian yeah, thing. I, Amazon I think something. Yeah, game Amazon company, Luna. Yeah, that's game companies it. have made the realization that that's where everything's heading. They're trying to build the infrastructure to support server-based and cloud-based gaming. So I think mm. this is that next step where. Absolutely, they'll integrate ad space into that. So you'll have different tiers of subscription where, you know, if you get the lowest lowest paying subscription, you'll get shitty res and lots and lots and lots of ads. Oh, well, ads are very clearly a big old cash grab and something else that's a big old cash grab is NFTs. It's time for oh, our oh, NFT oh. segment. Never fucking trust it. I'm over NFTs. They're just stupid. I don't like them. All right, give me a funny one. Give me a funny one. Oh, look, look this is just... Uh, uh, oh, God, I'm going to butcher this. Yasuke <laughs> Matsuda, so the head of Square Enix. Now, I, I thought that sounded people... good. Oh, fantastic. Sounded I'm good. getting better. <laughs> I've actually How improved over the last two and a half years <laughs> of doing this show. That's good to know. Uh, so, basically, uh, if people were listening to the show earlier on in the year, around New Year's, as a big uh, New Year's Eve celebration for everyone, uh, uh, Mr. Matsuda put out a statement basically saying that Square Enix is very much interested in NFTs and they're, they're you know, they're, they're going to dive on into it. And since all that's gone down, there's been just backlash after backlash against NFTs and so many uh, game companies and developers are now pulling out of, of, of working on them. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> in another statement <laughs> from Mr. Matsuda... Quote, until now, in most games, we provided the content as a finished product and the players played that content. However, there are a certain number of players in the world who want to contribute to making games more interesting by creating new settings and ways of playing. If instead of relying on goodwill, we can also provide incentives to those who contribute to developing by utilizing technologies such as blockchain, there is a possibility that innovative and interesting content can be created from the ideas of users. So basically, after all the backlash, he's doubling down, still wanting them NFTs. Lockie, what do you think of uh, this lovely quote here? It was so boring. It was just so boring <laughs> to listen to. I just heard, oh, innovative and creative. No, it's not. None of this is creative or innovative. You're coming, you're trying to piggyback off something that's been, you know picking up steam for the last what two years now so that's not innovative you're actually behind the trends and it's not creative uh, uh, oh this is so fucking annoying like they just want money they just want money this is an opportunity for them to make money yeah it's they've, it's creative in that they've created just another way to make money <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that that like other people are already doing yeah, it's creative accounting. It might help them, you know, with with avoiding taxes or some shit. I don't know, allegedly. But it's not creative <laughs> in any way that a consumer would see it as, you know, creative or fun or beneficial to the product. So I don't know why they're <laughs> even telling us about it. Just do it and stop talking about it. 
Oh, no, don't just do it. Definitely not. Do not follow the, the Nike rule. <laughs> yeah, I'd prefer them not to, but it's kind of like, you know, why are you fucking talking about it? No one fucking cares. Just do it if that's what you're going to do. <laughs> I wonder uh, if these companies actually know what they sound like, like to us, to their consumers. Because <laughs> they're just like, hey, look, we found out a wonderful way for you to pay us, but actually us to add no value to your life whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that entertainment we make we're just going to uh charge you a little bit more for it just these these little waste of spaces and that's pretty much what we're going to do and we're going to get rich from it and when we're going to invest that into uh our, our pockets yeah it's like um you know what it is it's the elevator pitch meeting that they used to get the execs on board that they're now pushing out to the consumer we don't need to hear that You've already you've already gotten the buy-in, right? It's not a consumer-based or a consumer-friendly decision you're doing here. So I don't know why you're trying to get buy-in from the consumers. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I love uh, Farakawa's um, sort of take on NFTs. The president of Nintendo, mm. um, you know, they they make a lot of weird decisions, but this this one was uh, <laughs> was good to see within like the gaming industry of today, where he basically just said, "Look, we're looking into it, but we don't see any value in it." Like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially what he said, obviously paraphrasing a lot. But it's just like, yeah, it's like, what what value is there to us? Like, we buy this uh, NFT, we, we have ownership of it, and we have it, and that's kind of it. We don't, mm. we can't, we can't like, you know, a lot of people might say, look, you can bring like a weapon into another game. It's like, no, that's <laughs> not how video games work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, for example, yeah, um, this, whole, this whole metaverse talk. It's just like, it's just kind of frustrating to hear. Mm. Even though I don't know whether I'm just a grandpa, you know, just sort of <laughs> being like, oh, look, this new technology. I'm like, I don't know, but it seems like a scam because like every, I find like a few channels on YouTube that, you know, give like, you know, tutorials, how to do stuff on YouTube mm. and, you know, entrepreneurial stuff. And they've all moved to NFTs and they're all talking about NFTs. I'm like, oh my God. Oh no. Yeah. So there's, there's money to be made and I'm just wondering who... Who's buying it? That's that's my main thing. Like, mm. if people are buying it, I don't I don't sort of begrudge these companies for almost getting into it because people are like, look, I see value in that, and there's heaps of money to be made. So it's kind of we need to just put our foot down and like, oh look, we're not buying or supporting this stuff yeah. as far as video games goes. And then they'll go, oh look, well, there's no point doing it because we better put our resources elsewhere. And mm. personally, for me, like I've I've made the decision to like not support. Ubisoft, for example, you know, mm. a lot of stuff's going going on there the last couple of years. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just with the whole stance on NFTs, I'm like, you know what? I don't need to buy your games because it's you're kind of wasting my time and money. Like I buy this product and it's just mm. this big sort of manufactured world just with thousands of people putting little bits and bobs in there. And mm. it's just designed to funnel money out of me. I'm like, I don't need that. And it was kind of, it's kind of a hard decision to make because they're making a Mario game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, the new Rabbids. Yeah, yeah with, oh. with Nintendo. And obviously doing a Nintendo podcast, I'm like, well, I should cover it and all that. And mm. I made the decision that, like, look, I'm not going to buy it brand new at least. I'm going to wait for a secondhand copy and mm. play it like that and not... That's fair. Not not, not support them. Exactly. Because, like, they're, they're not just, getting anything They're out not consumer-friendly. 
Yeah. Bloody oath, Drew, Drew, you're a man after my own heart. I do the exact same thing with Activision. And, like, before it was mm. cool, by the way, like, before I started this podcast, I stopped giving any of my money to Activision. If I ever do buy an Activision game, I'm always buying pre-owned, so they do not see a single cent of that. So, yeah, I can definitely, well, definitely respect not wanting to give Ubisoft mm-hmm. your money. I, I'm, I've been starting to feel <laughs> the same way about Ubisoft lately. They're not putting out games that I even really want to play anyway, and the whole quartz mm. thing and and everything that happened a couple of years yeah. ago the horrible harassment which still apparently things haven't greatly improved there i'm right there with you mate a hundred percent my argument for not playing ubisoft games is a lot less ethically based and a lot more like well <laughs> i got mm-hmm. ghost of tsushima right there what do i need ubisoft for yeah exactly oh yeah. yeah they really need to look at relook at how they're developing <laughs> games because and, and everything mm. i've heard about them bringing up bringing out soon just sounds fucking awful a live service assassin's creed <laughs> game yeah what, the f- what 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 oh god but they won that sweet mobile gaming dosh <laughs> oh, it's the mobile game that, that, that stood out to me in the, this quote here was there was a lot of talk about like players sort of making content and i don't know if they're talking about just the meta of buying and selling nfts like off their platform <laughs> or if they're talking about literally you can make nfts and then sell them on the square enix platform or something like that which which that's just another layer of stuff that makes me uncomfortable just getting free labor out of all your your your, your consumer base uh, i'm not i'm definitely not a fan fan of this i'm, I'm not not yeah, liking that, that with, square enix has with, doubled down with making your own nfts that sounds like a new bitcoin market because that's the mm, entire sure, premise yeah. of Bitcoin, where you're mining your coins using your own hardware and time. Yeah, yeah weird. I don't mm. like it. I, I don't like it. These things, this is this is all cyclical. So they've just combined the concept of Bitcoins with card trading, basically. And that's what NFTs is. And I don't know. Yeah. Everyone's so fucking lazy, but it works. <laughs> it works. Yep. They just rebranded every ten to twenty years. <laughs> well, oh, well, I think God. it's safe to say we don't like NFTs. But something that we we may like to hear is there is a new Tales from the Borderlands game in the works. Now, I played uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Oh God, like, end of last year, and I got it purely because it's a easy platinum. It's you just finish the game <laughs> and you get a platinum trophy. And I was very surprised with how much I ended up loving it. It is easily my favorite story in the Borderlands universe, and it, it was great and just a great story in, in its own merits as well too. I definitely recommend Tales from the, the Borderlands. It's bloody fantastic. But this one, rather than being made by Telltale Games, which you know they they do exist now they are making games but it's you know not any of the original people because that that studio was was sold for parts basically uh so now 2k and gearbox are going to be making the next tales from the borderlands it's still going to be the sort of uh uh you know uh, the, the adventure style dialogue choice kind of kind of game uh but yeah your, your old ceo randy pitchford made the announcement at pax east so yeah it's meant to be coming this year as well too so we're not gonna even have to wait too long for tales from the borderlands drew have you played tales from the borderlands or do you have any interest in in the the new one coming out i played the the think the first couple of episodes i don't know why i fell off but i did this was this was years ago when it came out i think i played um I think I played it for free on like iPad because you could get the free um <laughs> the episode for free. Then I got it on uh, PS4, 
but yeah, I from what I played, I really enjoyed it. I don't know why I didn't get back to it. I just I just fell off of it. But it's interesting that uh, like Gearbox and Two K are going to be actually making a game like this, like taking mm. what what a Telltale laid out back when they made the first game and just bringing it in house and be interesting to see what it looks like. Whether it's like very much similar to what a Telltale would do, or um, yeah, whether it would be different. It'll be another Tiny Tina's thing. It's just going to be Tiny Tina's from here on out. Yeah, hey, just get Ashley Birch to do all their stuff. I'm down for that. They're definitely not going to be able to get, or they they could, but like I'd be doubtful they'll be able to get Troy Baker back to do another one. He was one of the main characters in uh, Tales from the Borderlands, and Mm. there was this whole weird thing before Borderlands 3 came out where Randy Pitchford, for some reason commented and said that Troy Baker didn't want to be in Borderlands 3 and then nice. Troy Baker came out and said they never asked me if I could if I could do oh. it. <laughs> so there was this whole back and forth between so them. Some so some lazy I, intern got fired because they lied. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Look, Randy Pitchford doesn't have the greatest reputation for being someone who is an honest person, um, but I find it interesting that that 2K is going to be publishing this because Gearbox is now owned by uh, Embracer Group, I believe. So it seems interesting. There's, oh, I guess they're mm. still going to be working with 2K as a publisher, even though they're owned by by. Yeah, well, uh, 2K own Borderlands, I think, so they've got to work with 2K uh, to actually use the IP. Yeah. I didn't realize that i wonder if it's like a joint ownership of the ip or something like that or if, if 2k just straight up owns them because I, I couldn't imagine a, a, a oh i guess well i guess yeah telltale okay. didn't have so think of them. think of borderlands the franchise like an nft <laughs> yeah okay i'm there yeah. with you yeah 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 yep. right so so you, you own that nft and you have control over it and who does what with it and you can sell it out in different parts. I fuck this shit. So dumb. <laughs> <laughs> NFTs are like that, but completely useless, and you don't really have ownership, and you can't really change it or alter it anyway, or else that defeats the purpose of the thing. It's dumb. Stupid. I take this. I take it you don't have any anticipation for a new Tales from the Borderlands. No, I keep thinking of Tales from the Crypt when you say that. And, yeah, I disengage when you go Borderlands. No, I don't have any issue with it. I enjoy Tiny Tina's. I enjoy me some Borderlands every now and again. It's one of those games mm. where 3 was three three was fun to play, but the story was a bit of a dud. 2 was a really good story. I think 2 was as good as it gets. So if they can get to sort of that, that 2 level of greatness, I got no, no beef there. Sounds like All it right. could be a good time. Yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Well... This this game, hopefully, you'll be excited for, Lockie. Now, I've got to got to give, give a bit of backstory, a bit of history to this one. Amy Hennig uh, was the game director behind Uncharted 1, 2, and 3. She sort of was one of the, the main creative forces behind those those Sony exclusives and some of the most beloved games ever to be on, on a PlayStation console. And back in, I believe it was around, oh God, it was in the early sort of, or mid-2010s, uh, she was. She had left Naughty Dog and was working for Visceral Games, who were owned by EA. And EA at the time had the exclusive rights to do Star Wars games. She was given a her, an opportunity to do a Star Wars game. She it was. I think it was called Project 
ragtag and we only ever got like a little glimpse of it but it was, it was sort of looking like it was going to be an uncharted style star wars kind of game which you know hook it directly to my veins but unfortunately when visceral studios was shut down uh the hopes of that star wars game was cancelled and yeah no, no everyone was very disappointed with that one but now what are you talking about we got jedi fallen order jedi fallen order was absolutely excellent, but now Amy Hennig over at her studio, Sky Dance Media. I don't, oh, actually, I don't know if it's her studio or if she just works there. I think I think she did create the studio. Well, I mean, if she that. works there, you can say it's her studio because she's a part of it. So, <laughs> so language language is fluid. It works. It's good. If if she doesn't own it, she's the one there that everyone cares the most about. That's Look, for sure. It, it's, <laughs> not, it's not as glaring as saying toggle instead of joystick. So right. I think well, we can. I think we can take it. The long and short of it is she's getting to make a Star Wars game now, and apparently it's going to be a cinematic action-adventure game, which is making me think we're finally going to get that Amy Hennig Uncharted-style Star Wars game coming out of Skydance Media. I am very much excited. Drew, does this get you excited as well? Definitely does, yep. Big Uncharted fan. Pretty... I don't know how to describe my Star Wars fandom. Um... Very excited casual. <laughs> you know, go go and watch the movies in the cinemas. Very much enjoy it. I'm not there reading the books and all the TV series and all of that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very much just like, I want to see Darth Vader just wreck shit. That, 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 is, what, that is what Drew likes to see. Um, especially in like the first three movies and no Rogue One. That was a very cool scene at the end. But yeah, really looking forward to this. Uh, Mike Simon isn't there yet because it is very much like, hey, look. I'm making a Star Wars game. That's great. I would love... I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, but in, until then, I'm not like, you know, just anticipating every single moment of my uh, of my life. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome to see because like the, the first game that she had, just like seeing, seeing like that little bit of motion, you're like, oh my God, I can't wait for that game. Mm. Like EA, a bit of a tease. Come on, show us more. <laughs> then like, oh, look, we cancelled it. It's like, why is that? <laughs> oh, because, and this is when EA was going through some really, really questionable time in 2017. Oh. Just like with like Need for Speed, I was like, I'm, I was a big Need for Speed fan. Um, Need mm. for Speed Most Wanted, the reboot they did on PS3, Xbox oh, uh, 360. Yes. That was awesome. It was like one of my favorite racing games. I'm like, you guys, I'm going to buy every Need for Speed. Then mm. after that, it went to shit. And like <laughs> they wanted you to buy microtransactions for cards to put like to improve your car. I'm like... Uh. I'm not spending money to improve my car in Need for Speed, guys. That's uh, what are you thinking? So I just like I haven't bought a Need for Speed game since then, and obviously, um, with uh, was it a Battlefront Two? Just like everything that was oh, going on with that game, yeah. and then they can't, then they cancel this because like they can't make enough money out of it because God forbid it's just a video game they they produce and sell to us. Oh for, yeah, and they shut <laughs> down money. Visceral entirely, like the whole studio yeah. gone. Yeah, one, one of their like legendary studios, which now they're looking back at the IP and being like, "Hey, look, there's value there. Mm. Well, we better just remake it and put another team on it because we don't have those people anymore." <laughs> yeah. So Oops. yeah, I'm glad at least uh, she's getting a shot somewhere else. If like if she started up another studio and had a brand new IP, and that would be very exciting as well. I think hmm. she's just proven that she can make blockbuster video games and yeah. um, what she did for Sony with Uncharted was just like it's some of the most probably the most important Uncharted 2 would be like PlayStation's most important game they've ever released mm. just the turnaround of the PlayStation 3 and you know just 
it's, it was the first uh, sort of step into becoming what they are today, just being mm. like big blockbusters, games you can't miss. <laughs> yeah. Um, that everyone needs to everyone needs to play. Everyone needs to own a PlayStation because like PlayStation Two, it was very much just like, look, this is a great console, but it doesn't like Sony isn't like the masters of uh, putting out first party content. You probably look more towards Nintendo and maybe even Sega at the time, even though they just uh, died in the console race. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to Amy's next game. That's for sure. Hopefully it's uh like I said, I love Darth Vader. <laughs> maybe it follows Darth Vader around somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You, you might hear, you might hear my audio intercut with the occasional burst of laughter, which had nothing to do with what you're saying, Drew, because what you're saying is, is, fantastic um a lot of people are big fans of the drake series and to get more uncharted content in any sort of capacity in star wars i think will be well received but i was just thinking what i would like her to see and take a crack at because i think we're ready now and i think she's got the chops to do it i would like to see a jar jar beings make <laughs> funny adventure oh my god like, Look, I'll, like, t- I'll buy that too. I think. <laughs> I, I re- and, and I reckon you can. I reckon that is a comedy goldmine. So you could have like so much comedy built into that with the frenetic energy of Judge Jar Binks and Mace Windu just not, not being into it at all. Um, it, I think that's just great. <laughs> what do you reckon a Jar Jar Binks game? But instead of like a you know a, a big massive game with an awesome story and stuff, it's just like a point and click. And every time you click on. <laughs> Something that isn't the answer, it's good. he just goes, oh, wrong one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just, just does this big and noxious voice every time you get the answer oh. wrong. You're like, oh, my God. Just, look, is it the water bottle? Do I need the, for the water bottle a lot of water? It's like, no. It just keeps going on. Like, oh, no. Just, you want to go and run your head into the wall. I want a, I want a, a, a party cop comedy with him and, uh, him and Watto. And he's like, what is the serious <laughs> one? And <laughs> but then you're not gonna. But then, then there's no opportunity to understand what the hell either one is saying because it's just <laughs> like at least, at least with Mace Windu, you've got somebody that can go, no, Jaja, damn it, damn it, Jaja, we need to keep on track and stop the empire again. Oh dear. Maybe man. Amy would be a little bit salty and she'd be like, I'm just make I'm gonna make a troll game. I'm just gonna <laughs> run this run this series into the ground. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, buddy, yeah. I, I'm. I think you made you made some good points there, there Drew. Because uh, like, I, we we haven't seen anything come out of Skydance Media yet. Like, this studio's new. They've announced two different games that they're working on now. Because they're also working on an original IP. Oh no, an original game in the Marvel universe, which. I don't know if that means they're making up their own original character or it's just an original story within that universe mm. or whatever, but they make, she's making a Marvel game as well too. So she's got mates at Disney <laughs> or she's impressed a few people at Disney, that's for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I'm very curious to when we start seeing some actual gameplay and stuff like that come out, but I'm just, I'm just excited to know that like, you know, pe- people, I'm not even a big Star Wars fan, but people who are Star Wars fans have gotten fucked over a couple of times because there was that Star Wars 1313 game that I don't believe was being developed by uh, by uh, anything to do with Amy Hennig, but it, that also looked like a sort of Uncharted-style mm-hmm. Star Wars <laughs> game and looked excellent. That was cancelled as well. And then Project Ragtag after this, so I'm just I'm just glad to say that it's happening. Who knows, who knows if it'll be good, but 
yeah, it's just good to know that it is that is it is in the works. Very very cool. We need uh, more li- we need more linear games. I feel just like you know yeah. go through, get the story, shoot some things, or slice some things, and because even like Tomb Raider, it became like more open and open. I'm like, I don't want to just go around and find bear prints. I want to just mm. go through the story mm. <laughs> and find some tombs and whatever. So hopefully, it is sort of more akin to what she, her past works has been. Yeah, bloody oath. We are definitely oversaturated with uh, open world games at the moment. But uh, something that we are getting saturated with right now is uh, video game movies. It is like the golden era for for that right now. They're just coming out constantly. And there's a it, it takes two movie in the works. Uh, this excerpt comes out of IGM, was written by Amelia Zolner. Dwayne The Rock Johnson will now produce the It Takes Two movie adaption variety reported that johnson is set to join denny garcia well, and Haram didn't garcia see that coming to produce the project on behalf of set of seven bucks productions for amazon studios and dj2 entertainment the sonic the hedgehog movie writers pat casey and josh miller are also on board as executive producers as well as joseph Farris, the you know fuck the oscars guy and Oscar Wolontis uh, of Hazelight Studios, he wasn't talking about fuck Oscar Wolontis, he was talking about the actual Oscars, uh, <laughs> yeah. the studio behind the It Takes Two game. According to the report, it is also possible that Johnson will star in the movie, though the cast hasn't been finalised yet. And if he does star in the movie, I hope he plays the little girl who can't wake up her parents because that would be amazing. But, uh, Lockie, what do you think about (laughs) The Rock being on board with the It Takes Two game? (laughs) I I think your take on the It Takes Two game is the best thing that could could be done for that, (laughs) having Dwayne The Rock Johnson play a little girl. And they try, and they do a completely serious, like, he's going for the Oscar with this one, this is his, this is his Will Smith moment. Um, oh no! Like, <laughs> Will Smith that's, moment. That, that, that phrase is a whole different context now. Yep. <laughs> I don't. I hope it's not because The Rock would seriously do some damage if he <laughs> slapped someone in the face. Just dis- oh yeah, just cut their jaw or something. Just <laughs> yeah. I don't even think Chris Rock could um could come back from that one professionally. I. I think he would he would be a bit shaken. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, look, I mean I, I think it's good if you if you are enjoying games and you're seeing a movie be made, um if they do a good job then great. Otherwise we might have another Monster Hunter thing on our hands. We might have another Sonic <laughs> thing on our hands. I know a lot of people love that one. I think it was dog shit. <laughs> So you know, very divisive. Very divisive. Can't please anyone. I uh, can't please everyone. Sort of situation. I'm very hard to please at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I just need to pull that stick out of my ass. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe I need Tough to times. cheer the fuck up. Yeah. You know what? I'm. You know what? I, I've still got hope. I've still got hope for the upcoming Mario movie because it's got Chris Pratt in it, and he's just so cool. He's so. Oh God, cool. he's cool. So <laughs> so cool. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Jack uh, Black voicing Bowser though. Drew, do you think Dwayne the Rock Johnson is so cool? I think he's pretty cool. Like you can't deny that. But what what made what made me laugh about uh, the Rock basically being in this movie? I, I heard about this news just on the like periphery. I'm like, oh yeah, look, they're making a movie cool. You know, the Rock's in it. He's like the Rock's in everything. You know, fair enough. But <laughs> just like the fact that he's producing it, <laughs> that's like what? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I don't know how many movies he's produced, so I dare say maybe a fair, fair few at this point, but just like yeah. the idea of him like, you know, just like there with like his, um, <laughs> with like the clipboard, just like organising people and oh, yeah. <laughs> do, do whatever you do when you're making movies. Just, I don't know. It makes me laugh. But yeah, well, you know, with, with Joseph saying fuck the Oscars, is he going to really stick to his guns? And when It Takes Two becomes mm. one of the best movies of the year and there he is at the Oscars and he's like, look, he's nominated and he, he, oh. he has to say something. And obviously people are going to look into and do a bit of research to, you know, do the introduction and they're like, look, this guy said fuck the Oscars at the Video Game Awards. Yeah. So mm. what is the situation going to be there? Is he going to be like, look, I, I stand by, fuck this place. The Oscars <laughs> fucking sucks. And Will Smith, I think you just sort of, you show him that this place sucks, you big angry bastard. Oh. <laughs> um, or is he going to be like, look, I've changed my mind. I'm a director now of a... Of a movie, I'm 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 big time now. This is where I wanted to be the whole time, and I just use video games to weasel my way up to these uh these big timers. I don't know, but uh, he's got a lot to answer for. Yeah, maybe this is an opportunity for this whole thing to come full circle. And he will get up to accept his Oscar and on the stage at the Oscars say "fuck the Oscars." That would be some incredible stuff. I want to live in the timeline. When that happens, but it's, I, mm-hmm. I, for some reason I don't see see it happening, just because <laughs> it takes two. I, I loved it takes two. It was one of my favorite games of holy shit. It came out over a year ago now. Wow, <laughs> one of my favorite games of last year. I absolutely loved it. it. We gave it a bunch of awards at in the news to reviews game awards part two colon back in the habit. And uh, but one of the things that wasn't so great about it takes two was the story. And, you know, you're not going to be able to swap the controller when you're watching this movie. You're not going to get to take control of, of Dwayne The Rock Johnson when he's trying to shake his parents to wake him up from their, their weird slumber. <laughs> he, so, he, he would be able to wake them up. There wouldn't even be, like, the game. He would just succeed in that. <laughs> no, no, they ain't waking up after The Rock shakes them. No. Way. no. <laughs> not at all. So, yeah, look, I, I think it's a big wait and see. But, I, look, I, I'm, I'm down for more video game movies. I'm always down for more video games to get more uh, in, in, in invested in a pop culture. It's, it's, I'm, I'm loving to see that it's become more mainstream because, yeah, it's just, it's just great to see everyone embracing the thing that... That I know all of us here have always loved so much, but oh, speaking of video game movies, I had no idea that this was even happening. There's a Minecraft movie in the works over at Warner Brothers. Apparently, it's sort of stuck in in uh, in. Well, it's not really called development. It's just it's it hasn't been made yet. They're having a lot of trouble getting this movie off the ground, and right now, apparently. <laughs> Jason Momoa is in talks to star in the Minecraft movie. <laughs> what the Aqu- fuck? Aquaman. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> what yeah. movie? What is, what is the movie? What's the movie going to be about? God, that's going to be a really cheap to produce movie because <laughs> of the graphics. It's so easy. <laughs> I guess he's going to play Steve. Oh like, who else do you play in Minecraft <laughs> other than Steve? Jason Momoa as Steve. <laughs> I hope they put in like a DLC Jason Momoa version uh, into Smash Brothers, <laughs> a different skin yeah. for the Steve character. That'd be fantastic. It's, it's easy to laugh about, I guess, just like a Minecraft movie, but I guess Telltale did sort of prove that they can do like a pretty cool story in the Minecraft world. And mm. 
Like even just with like big fans of uh, of Minecraft, you know, they make their own stories, they make their own lore and everything in there. There's so many different mods and all that that you can play. So there's like there's lots of sort of inspiration they can draw from. It isn't just like like if if I jumped into Minecraft, I, I've never really played Minecraft a whole lot. But if I jumped in there, I'd be like just building like a little <laughs> a little mud hut. <laughs> yeah. So, so if, if I was the writer, I'd be I'd be an absolutely awful, awful candidate for that. But I, I, I assume there'll be sort of some great sort of inspiration to draw from this movie. And mm. if they're getting big stars, hopefully that shows that this will be at least a a good kids movie. I dare say that's what they're going to aim it towards. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. think you yeah you've hit the nail <laughs> right on the head there with yeah. that one, Lockie. What do you think of uh, Aquaman joining joining the Minecraft force? Yeah, they're just gonna stick Boss Baby into the Minecraft world, and then there you go. You've got your you got your fucking kid marketed movie. Get Ship it done. One to to reprise this. That's the thing is that like there's very little creativity that goes into these sort of decisions with marketing yeah. to mm-hmm. kids. I don't know how. I don't know. It, it, you know, it. I don't think it'll pass the adult sniff test, but it's not meant to. Yeah. So, I. Yeah. It'll probably be successful. It'll probably be a steaming pile of shit, but be the most successful thing ever. Yeah, I, 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 I almost guarantee there was just some some executive who was sitting there and did exactly what I just did and typed what What are the best selling games of all time? And then clicked on the Wikipedia article. <laughs> yeah. and you see, up at the very tippy top there is is Minecraft, and Minecraft has sold two hundred and thirty eight million copies. Right under that is Jason Momoa. <laughs> and then they went, ah, oh, maybe if I combine these two things. Oh. <laughs> well, the ne- the second the second highest is Grand Theft Auto Five, but it's 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 trailing by a fair bit. Grand Theft Auto Five is at 160 million. So Pathetic. yeah, it, it is far and away the leader of all those. Tetris is coming in at third with a hundred million. So that that's been out since games existed, basically for a bit of bit of context there. So I can see there's definitely reasons to jump into a Minecraft movie. They know that there's a, a massive audience base there, especially the youths. You know, you can pretty much sell them anything. <laughs> basically, the movie doesn't really have to be of very good quality. We've seen it with all those what is it, Illumination films who do all like the Sing movies and and the bloody uh, oh mm-hmm. god the 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 the, the, the knock off Disney movies basically. Yeah, and uh, they are doing the Mario movie too. Oh, uh, also in mind. Minions. <laughs> they did Minions, didn't they? Yeah. Well, they never yeah. said who. Uh, they they still haven't said who Chris Pratt's going to play in the Minecraft movie. So I'm very much looking forward to. <laughs> to yeah, he's got to play someone. Surely he'll be a creeper. Look, <laughs> he's going to be Enderman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris Pratt just rocks up and explodes him. <laughs> he would just go, "Hey, I'm Enderman. I'm watching you. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm Chris Pratt. Give me my paycheck." Oh, dear. Oh, Lockie. Well, look, th- that may not have been a story for you. You know what I mean? You're not interested in Minecraft. You think Minecraft's for babies. But I know you'll be look, interested. very few stories here are for me, so that's fine. This it's is all for fine. you, Lockie. I saw this and I went, ooh, <laughs> this is for Lockie. Yeah? This, is, this is my all gift right. unto you for this weekend. Yep. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. It's coming out July 29th of this year, Lockie. It's Fuck. only a couple of months wow. away. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, sweet. Oh, fuck. There's actually a game that's coming out that I'm hyped about. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Xenoblade. 
There's a new trailer as well too, which I I watched some of, but Xenoblade's definitely not my my cup of tea. But yeah, t- definitely check it out, Lockie. Uh, Xenoblade's a, a, a title that I believe is a Switch exclusive. Drew, is it one that you found Ooh. yourself playing? Uh, when they announced Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, I'm like, all right, I need to catch up because Xenoblade's a series that I just have missed. It's pretty. Pretty late title on the Wii by the time it came came out here. Mm. It was pretty pretty expensive to track down as well. Mm. And uh, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to need to play through the first game before this game comes out. So funnily enough, like with this game actually getting bumped up in the year, like Nintendo shuffling around their schedule, like, all right, instead of September, the game will now release in July because they initially said that it was going to be a September game. Now it's come up a couple of months. So... Mm. A very rare occasion of actually a reverse delay. We get delays all the time <laughs> in the games industry. Yeah. But now we're getting a game just moved up a couple of months. And that's great. Like any other game would be like fantastic. But I'm like, I've got to get through I've still got to get through the other ones before this and they're giving me less time. <laughs> I thought I I thought I had a couple of extra months before I before I um, got into this one. So I'm like, oh shit. All right, Drew unpopular <laughs> opinion, but you can just skip one. Just get <laughs> You don't need to yeah. play it. Well, I think that's going to happen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your favourite, um, I guess, game in the series then? If you're a big Xenoblade Chronicles man. Oh, well, I came in on two. That's where That was my mm-hmm. entry game. And then they released the Xenoblade Chronicles remaster, I think, like a, a year or two afterwards on the Switch. Yep. The, you can't get past number two. Number two has the best story, hands down, beginning to end. The music is incredible. The landscapes are incredible. The gaming style. The gameplay style, it'll be hit and miss for some people. Some people really like it where... Um, you get a little bit of control in your RPG um, game, but it's more so micromanaging your team pre-game, which is the more mm. important part. So I'm into that because I really liked, um, I really liked games like Final Fantasy XII. But if that's not your jam, you might find it a little bit inaccessible there. But it's not a hard game either, so it's very playable, very visually appealing, and the story keeps you going. Um, Number one, I can't say that for any of that. I think um, the story... I think the story... I think when it came out, there was nothing like it. And so it was the first of its mm. kind. It's kind of like that prototype and it got a lot of hype from that. So it did what it needed to do. And um, no takeaway from there. But two just fucking says, yeah, okay, we're, we're, we're looking at that. We're going in a completely different direction. We're going to go very hard anime weird with it but somehow managed to pull off a quality story at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Like a lot of people, I think um, some people are like sort of up in the air whether they prefer the first one or the second one. So, yeah, that's a good take because I would, um, I think, I don't know, I can't play both games before three comes out. It's not going to happen. There's <laughs> no way it's going to happen. And I've got other games I'm juggling as well and then I'm just wasting time probably playing smash brothers or <laughs> yeah, Nintendo has some well. stuff in the pipeline too you got your you got your, your mario strikers mm-hmm. you got nintendo switch sports coming up as well too nintendo's having a bit of a bit of a killer year this year so far we've had kirby already as well bloody nintendo cranking out the content now i i watching that trailer i did not see something that definitely stood out to me from xenoblade chronicles 2 i never played it but just from the clip that you sent me Lockie, of the giant titted rabbit lady with the insane <laughs> tit physics oh my god it seems like they've maybe dulled that back a little bit but who knows maybe they're just saving it for the full release release you gotta you gotta yeah, pay for the, just, the right for the full to see release, them 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of lads will be having their full release over the rabbit lady. <laughs> they've got the Japan release, which has, like, you know, the really inappropriate <laughs> shit. And then they've got the Western release where, you know, oh they're not going to get flagged on all the different senses. I get it. It just looks ridiculous. <laughs> it's like they got giant sacks full of water sitting off the front of their chest the way they move around. It's it's, all, it's ridiculous. You, you know what the problem is? All they need to do is age up all of their characters by, you know, about three to four years. And then it's not a problem. <laughs> but the problem yeah. is they, they deliberately choose all their characters to be in that really young teen sort of... Yeah. category and it's yeah. just oh, oh i've said it before and I'll, I'll i'll say it again any any parents out there who see xenoblade chronicles 2 and go oh it's pg i'm gonna get this for my boy yeah. don't get that nah. for your boy no it's <laughs> no nah, it's for your 20 year old weirdos like me <laughs> <laughs> Where, gotta, where we go this isn't this isn't right but it's still good enough for me to overlook you know that because it's from a different culture but yeah it's still not right so it would be nice if they could have just simply aged up their characters <laughs> your boy's just like oh look a little johnny is really enjoying that video game i just bought him <laughs> <laughs> just staring yeah. at the screen just really engaged he hasn't said anything all yeah. day all of a sudden, he's asked us to get a pet rabbit. I don't understand what this oh. is. Called. Oh, no. <laughs> he, keeps, he keeps going on DeviantArt and, and looking up pictures of, of anthropomorphic rabbit tit ladies. <laughs> uh, young, young Tobias, what's this uh, rule 34 you've been Googling? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, moving on. It is time Ooh. to talk about the games that are coming up in the next week. The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe is coming to all platforms bloody vampire the masquerade blood hunt is coming to just playstation 5 on april 27th bug snacks is coming to xbox series x xbox one and nintendo switch on april 28th rogue legacy 2 is coming to uh, xbox series x xbox one and pc that same day and then nintendo switch sports is coming out April 29th. Drew, did any of those games coming up stand out to you? I've got a feeling one certainly may have. <laughs> yeah, really looking forward to Nintendo Switch Sports. Um, big fan of, uh, of Wii Sports back in the day. And I, I, I really enjoyed actually, not for the price, but 1-2 Switch at the, at the launch of the Switch when it uh, came out in 2017. I thought it was a lot of fun just to sort of put down the Switch and sort of transform your area into like a... Like a it sort of opened up your imagination in some ways. Like, yeah, use the Joy-Cons for, like, swords or anything like that. And it was really fun just to sort of have that Wii experience. So it's fun that uh, we're actually getting the Wii Sports on this. And I'm looking forward to playing it. I don't know. Just going back to the old days. A bit of nostalgia in some ways, but also just that oh, pick-up-and-play yeah. title. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's something that... Nintendo's sort of been like missing a little bit with this generation like I remember when the Wii came out and motion controls just took off like every man and their grandma had a Wii at their house <laughs> and like everyone would would love to play some Wii bowling or something like that so I, I'm keen like I'm gonna gonna take my switch over to uh to my sister's house and then you know me and my nephew and my niece and and all of us will probably play some and and have a lot of fun doing it so I'm, yeah i'm i'm super keen for that as well but big shout out to uh the stanley parable parable uh when uh torja was over here shout out to torja she's gonna be popping on the show sometime in the next couple of weeks 
Uh, she had the Stanley Parable on her uh, on her laptop, and I got to give that one a crack, and it is really, really bloody cool. If you like your meta humor, if you like uh, jokes sort of uh, pulling apart how games are designed and, and all, all that, Stanley Parable is absolutely fantastic. And yeah, it's going to be coming to consoles now, so more people are going to get the chance to play it. So for before I managed to get myself a PC when I was a console pleb, I would have been so excited <laughs> to hear this because, yeah, I'd be able to play it, but now I can play it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Lockie, did any of the titles stand out to you? Oh, I love Stanley Parable. I think it's it's incredible. Um, I would love to see more games like it, but you know, you can only break break the barriers and do meta narratives so many times before it then becomes really boring. So, <laughs> you know, like, uh, although I do I do wonder. Yeah, it's good that people will be able to experience it, but I do wonder how many people left haven't experienced it at this point and. You know, even if they haven't played the game, they would have watched it on YouTube at some point. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, uh, if it makes money, it makes money. It's good to hear that people will get to um, absorb some of these quality older titles. Um, I wasn't interested in anything else. Yeah, no fair. And um, you know what I'm interested in? Taking a quick break, but then after that, let's jump back on in with the games that we've been oh, playing. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Coffee time. All right, Drew, you are our guest, and it is tradition on the show these days to get our guest to get us kicked off with impressions. What have you been playing this week, my friend? Well, I've been getting into sort of uh, driving uh, simulators with Gran Turismo 7. Been, <laughs> been really, oh, shit. Been really enjoying no it, but I've been like looking into racing wheels and all sorts of things. I've really... I don't know. I've gone down a dark, expensive rabbit hole where I'm just like I'm playing with the controller, and it's funny when you when you get like the replay of your race, you can you can just tell people who are playing on the controllers because they're just jittery, like moving like real harshly. And <laughs> I've got like this nice desk with the widescreen monitor now. I'm like, wouldn't it be awesome to play something like this with the racing wheel right here and just sit at my desk and play it like that? So I'm looking at racing wheels. I bought a, a brand new gaming PC where I can play. Obviously, other racing games for Gran Turismo on them because mm. I'm a big fan of like Forza Horizon. I think like a lot of people just enjoy driving around, getting skill points, seeing all the numbers mm. pop up on the screen, and th yeah. th so I just want to play that with a nice racing wheel. But until all the PC and all that nice stuff comes in, just Gran Turismo Seven. I I've never really gotten into the series that much before. I got Gran Turismo Six on PlayStation Three, and I was like playing it a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is you know a bit much for me. It's a bit boring compared to like mm. your arcade races like Need for Speed and uh, all that type of stuff. But I've been really enjoying just like the sort of really sort of just respectful look on car culture. Because if you go to something like um, Forza Horizon where it is very much just like, yeah, man, we're in the festival. Yeah, just love your car. Like, you know, it's re really c kind of cringy when you, if you pay oh, attention okay. to like, you know, all the hipsters in their cars, just, yeah, I love racing. And even Need for Speed, like the whole like drag sort of sort of culture as well. I'm like, ah, oh, it's a bit cringy. Everyone just getting around, oh, just yeah. breaking the law, you know, being rebels. I'm not a part of that. I'm, I'm the no fun place. So when it comes to Gran Turismo 7, <laughs> it's very much just starts off like with an, an intro video, just like 10 minutes. This is the history of the automobile and you will not skip it. You will watch this. 
And about five minutes in, I'm like, you know, pressing the start button, like, hurry up, come on, I just want to, I just want to play, good, <laughs> I just want to play a goddamn race. Um, but once that all finishes up, it's a, it's a really sort of interesting look at sort of uh, at, at car culture. Just it starts you off with very slow cars, cars I would not expect to be racing with, wherever it's like mm. buggies and just maybe even a car that's in your driveway, just like very basic cars but it gives you the history on on like the sort of invention of every like little model and all of mm. that and as someone who knows pretty much nothing about cars but enjoys looking at them and watching them race and playing the games i think it's a good place to start if you do want a, a good look into um the more nitty-gritty sort of aspect of of cars but mm. if you just want to sort of burn some not like some some nice or something maybe not the the title to look at yeah it's not your arcadey oh, okay. style racing game i don't know what it is about gt7 because i know it's a title that neither lock here i have been interested in but we're not really interested in racing games but now we've had we had australia's john opec he had been playing gran turismo 7 and then roger who we had on last week also had been playing mm-hmm. gran turismo 7 so it's definitely permeated the gaming yeah. culture like people are people are bloody into it and if you're considering the whole the whole steering wheel thing as well too i know roger he's been playing uh roger who we had on last week he's been playing exclusively uh with a steering wheel and a whole pedal setup i mm-hmm. think you can buy a setup where you get like a desk, to a steering wheel and pedals all in one and you can get it from maybe Amazon, I'm not sure, but for around like five, six hundred bucks or something like that. So yeah, it's definitely not cheap. But I'm looking at a Logitech one, which is about 600 bucks. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what? Yeah. where have I found myself? <laughs> <laughs> how, how crazy is this though? I've just needed to do a double take. So it's still got a 2.0 user score of, of over 10,000 ratings on metacritic for the playstation 5 version what are your thoughts on that do you think that is a little bit hard done by now that you've had a chance to take a crack at it i don't know i'm sort of so beginner and so casual that i never even looked into the microtransactions and um, Mm. all of that and that that's where a lot of it come from it's just like egregious microtransactions where like the Mm. price for credits the price of cars was just way way too inflated to even be an option for a lot of people I understand, like, mm. if you if you have, like, a big racing setup and you spend 40 bucks on a supercar like a Ferrari, maybe you will get your value out of that in some ways because, it like, it completely changes the feel of the game. Like, you get that force mm. feedback from that particular car in your wheel, in your, like, your setup and all that. But for a lot of people just playing on their controller and you're in, like, first-person view, so it's like, 40 bucks, I do not think so, especially for a $125 game here in Australia. Mm. I think it's just yeah, sort of not acceptable. Yeah. But I think they have fixed nah. fix all that, but I'm not I'm not too sure because I, I haven't yeah. looked into it. But um, Okay, yeah, but look, if you at the end of the day, if the game's solid and you're enjoying it and you don't have to dive into the microtransactions, then that's absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, I'm glad you, you're having a good time with it. Now, I just wanted to, to pick your brain... Uh, last year I, I i built a pc and i'm really curious to what mm. to what uh, what kind of rig you have on your way because my god getting a graphics card last year was an absolute nightmare is it still like that now did you have to buy like a pre-build or are you buying separately and then putting it together yourself What's um happening? so i i bought a pre-build uh, mainly because of the graphics card situation and just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I'm kind of be... regretting not doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I got a laptop. 
it'll be a lot of fun to like sit down and be like, all right, I want this part and this part. And they all come in and they get the case mm. and I put it together. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but I just, I just want the parts. I want them put together well and I want it to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at least for my first PC, I opted to just go, all right, there's a bit of a sale on. Um, so I made, made, made use of that over Easter and that's going to be coming in. And I'm just looking at, because I never got into PC gaming because a lot of it was just like, you know, I got my PlayStation 4 and what did I like playing at the time? I liked playing the exclusives and stuff like mm. Tomb Raider and third person games. And I didn't really want to sit at my desk at my, you know, at my smaller screen with a with a controller and just play the games with better graphics because like, you know, they have better graphics and better performance, but I just mm. don't wanted to play games like that. But now mm. that I'm like, all right, I want to do some different things. I want to get into VR a bit more. Mm. I want to sit down with the racing wheel and get some sort of different games. And I wouldn't mind playing some first person shooters like Halo Infinite and that with mouse and keyboard. So there are, I actually do have a use case for it now where before it was just like, look, it runs better, but that's not really anything I care about that much, especially being a Nintendo gamer. I've been conditioned to care about gameplay over graphics as their, as their marketing. (laughs) So put it, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, that's for sure. So, do you know, do you know what graphics card that you're going to be rocking? Yeah, so I got a um, RTX. Uh, what I got a thirty seventy i ti. Ooh, lovely! Um, so oh, it sh- damn. should be good. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You're gonna you're gonna have some fun. There's so much there if you're a PC gamer. There's so much in that ecosystem. You've got. Mm. Uh, you got Game Pass, which just has mm-hmm. so much stuff on there. It's ridiculous. Now, I know Lockie and I both have had some troubles using Game Pass on PC. Uh, I know Halo Infinite worked when it first launched, but then they updated it and I could not get Halo Infinite to run after that. Yeah. And- Oh, good. Lucky, you've yep, had worse yeah. issues, haven't you? Like- oh God, I couldn't get I couldn't get Guardians of the Galaxy to work. I couldn't get Mass Effect trilogy to work. So pretty much all their big AAA ones, there were just all sorts of issues. Um, even with Halo Infinite, I had it installed on my computer, and sometimes it would work, and sometimes I'd click on it a couple of times, nothing would happen. I'd move on in my day. And fucking an hour down the track, there's three versions of the game running on my computer in the background. It was just crazy. What have I got myself into? (laughs) Well, I don't know. Here's the thing. I think you've done the right thing for yourself because you were saying earlier um, that you stuck with the Windows 10. I think that was a smart move because I haven't done that. Gotcha. I got the Windows 11 and I've just been having lots and lots of integration issues. So we're having terrible terrible issues even this morning trying to use the goddamn zoom app so i'm using the zoom through a web browser version wouldn't um, it be helpful so, yeah. if um if both uh xbox and and windows were owned by the same company because then those things yeah, would just work know, oh right? wait hang on i know <laughs> they i know they, they would just work right nah <laughs> why the fuck that yeah. doesn't work it's beyond me but yeah there's there's so much good stuff there in the pc ecosystem like steam always has like amazing sales on so i think you'll have a a bloody good time that's for sure especially getting into vr as well as a whole another world there oh there's 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 a lot do do you know what uh what headset you're looking at getting if you do jump into vr you're gonna gonna get a meta quest as they're called now (laughs) yeah a bit bit reluctant to um you know, support Facebook and that, but it probably will be the the Meta Quest too, just for how <laughs> yeah, yeah. for how versatile and the price tag. I think I'm not I'm not going to get a Vive and set up cameras around my house. That's not going to happen. 
Mm. And I don't know. What are the other options? I actually don't know apart from those two. The Oculus and the Vive. Yeah, yeah. Wait, sort wait. Of. Is that is Vive um, Valve's one? No, the Valve Index I've heard is nah, good as well HTC. too. But it's HTC. Is it? Yeah. HTC oh, okay. Vive. Vive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I think that there's the, the Valve Index is one too. Isn't that Valve's proprietary one? There's one called the Valve Index. I, I've heard, anyway. I heard that's the one mm. that you can play like Half Life Alex on, and I've I've heard oh. that's really good, okay. but. I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's probably the same situation where you got to set up a bunch of cameras. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but yeah. Oh, bloody! Very, I'm excited for you. I've second <laughs> excitement over this PC. Definitely let let us know how that goes when you when you do get it. But have you been playing anything else this week? I've been I've been trying to dive into a series I've been looking at for a while. Uh, I don't know if you guys will know exactly what it is. I, I well. Um, Lock, you're into JRPGs. I assume with yep. Xenoblade and the Final Fantasy we talked about earlier, but I've been trying to get into the Atelier series. Have you heard of that? That one, Lockie? I have heard of it. I haven't <laughs> played it though. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I've been trying to get into this, and why? What? What sort of caught my attention was it? It's very much a a casual RPG series. It's not really. It doesn't really have like a big end of the world story. It is very much slice of life just going through the story. And when you first look at it, it's very much all the protagonists are like, you know, pretty girl, pretty anime girls. And there are some examples of, you know, the Japanese taking it a bit too far with boob and booty sizes and all that. I'm not so much there for that, but I do appreciate like the pretty aesthetic. And You're allowed to like that stuff as long as they're not children. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is that is a that is a good sort of <laughs> border. S- sucks. It's a stipulation you have to have with bloody yeah. JRPGs. Fucking hell. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm enjoying the gameplay of it. So the gameplay is very much like you go out, you do your questing, you get ingredients, you bring them back to your atelier, and then. Oh no! Yeah, they're clearly children. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. oh no. Well, I'm oh, not, well, I'm not, I'm not playing it for the uh, the cr- the creepy side of it. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's fair enough. But it's it's very much like you go out, you do your questing, you get your ingredients, your materials, you bring them back, and then the game is very heavily based around crafting. So whether it's your items or your healing items and all of that. Um, it's not so much based around leveling up and gaining like experience and that is very much about having the correct tools and and uh, all of that. So I'm enjoying that. I'm playing... Uh, okay. The first game I'm getting into is uh, Atelier Sophie. So each, uh, each game has a different protagonist and this one, the protagonist is Sophie. And this year, Atelier Sophie 2 came out. So I'm playing the first game that came out on PlayStation 4 and Vita on 2015, I think it came out. And uh, I'm playing it first because there's so many sort of uh, sort of improvements to the game that are going to be really hard to go back to almost a, well, a seven-year-old game. Like mm. when you go into like an area, you're like, all right, I need this specific item to craft, uh, you know, the tool I need. And in, in the new game, it will show you like all the items that are in a particular area because it's like a world map. You go to like different areas but in this one, it's like I got no idea where this item is, man. <laughs> it's like it's a it's a, it's kind of hard to follow, and sort of the structure is a little bit frustrating because I might pick it up for an hour or so each day, just with the limited amount of time I have. Mm. And I'm like, all right, what do I do? I go, do I go out? What do I need something? And it's a little bit frustrating in that respect because 
a typical RPG, you'd be like, all right, you know, we're going to this town because there's a dragon there. We've got to slay it. And so, it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And if you're not strong enough, you just, you know, grind a bit and you'll go back. Mm. But this one is very much just like, do I need to talk to this like this person at this time of day? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's a little bit yeah. tricky. I know yeah. that's been solved in more recent games because uh, the, the series sort of took off with uh, a game that came out in 2000 and it must have been 20, uh, called Atelier Riser. And that brought like a lot of quality to um, to life, sort of improvements to the game. A lot of people got into it. And that's what caught my attention was was that game coming to Switch. Mm. And okay. uh, so I'm trying to get into some of the older games before I jump into the uh, into the newer ones because they got, they're yeah. a lot sort of harder to get into, I feel like. I don't know if I'll mm. get around to finishing it before I get to the sequel. I'm just waiting for, just waiting for the game that came out this year to go on sale. Then I'll jump on that and probably ditch this game. But I'm enjoying it for what it is. It's just nice to meet all the characters around the village. It's like a just a very sleepy country village. You know all the characters. You, know, you see what they're getting up to. And yeah, there's no like just, mm. oh, look, we've got to destroy the darkness or anything like that. It's just uh, it's very <laughs> casual, which, which, I, which I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, God. Yeah, it King, looks like Kingdom it's, quali- it's got quality. Um, <laughs> destroy the no. He's talking about killing chaos. Oh, okay. yeah. No, I don't want to be killing chaos. I no? just want to be uh, just crafting <laughs> some elixirs so I can put them in my bag. And if a slime hurts me, I'll just heal myself and we move on from oh, there. <laughs> I, I gotta say though, the um, graphics with this type of game it reminds me of what's that other game that came out recently that everyone's raving about? I can't remember the uh, name. Um, Genshin anyway, Impact. No, 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 but that is also a good one, and that's done for mobile, which is pretty uh, pretty bloody impressive. Mm. But there was one... Um, oh, Zach, do you know this one? It was the one with the sword on the cover, the fire sword. Fuck. You could be talking about a million yeah, different yeah. Uh, JRPGs. So I could Fire be. Emblem, it's, maybe? Um, no, no, not Fire Emblem. It's got a picture of a fire sword. It's the guy that's dressed up like Man in the Iron Mask. For for God knows what reason, yeah. No, but they got I'm, I'm not going to figure this out, man. Oh man! All right, never mind. That's T- just going to have to be a mystery. Talking about the tales, the tales game that came out last year. Yes, Chris tales yes. or Chris tales, tales from Basaria or whatever that series was. It tales of the abyss was that tales it? of arise of arise tales of arise. <laughs> Isn't it funny how well, as we're trying to get to it, and this is what mm. JRPGs are like. As we're trying to get to it, all the titles sound the same, all the visuals sound the same. Yeah. But yeah, this um the quality of the graphics reminds me a lot of Tales of Arise. I suspect they're using the same engine. Um, so that one was Bandai Namco, and this one is Koei Tecmo. So I wonder if there was some sort of um agreement there. But yeah, I got to say that the quality graphically of these sort of games that are being pumped out at the moment are just fantastic. I really do like that. I just wish they would age up their characters a little bit more. Tales yeah. of Arise was good like that. Tales of Arise, they're like, yep. These, these, this is where I want it. It very much looks reminds me of Xenoblade Chronicles in a way, actually. Like the the kind does. of graphics yeah. that it has. Uh, so, w- yeah, how was it sure. pronounced? Was it Atlia? Is that how you pronounce it? Is it? I or? um, I don't know. I say Atelia. Atelia? Beca- I say Atelia, Atelia because yeah, I- it, because it ends with er. But I I did yeah. like a, a text to speech on the computer, and it said Atelier. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think it's French. The French yeah. pronunciation. Yeah. It sounds French, yeah. but I say Atelier because. I don't know, that's how I read it, just ER. Atelier! I, I would say most people say, I'd say most people say it as Atelier. That's how I've always heard it. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I think they are going for the French sounding Atelier. 
So yeah. you, you said, Drew, you bring your resources and your items back to your atelier or your atelier. Uh, what is, <laughs> is that? that a hotel- <laughs> is that the hotelier? <laughs> what, so, what is an yeah. atelier? So I, f- I don't know if the atelier is... It's basically you bring it back to your house and you've got a big pot there. And then okay. You, yes, and, and then you, then you yeah. like... And it's, it's interesting because like each item is like unique that you craft. And like each of the games have different crafting mechanics, whether it's, uh, so for example, in Atelier Sophie, uh, it's, it's a little bit like Tetris and you, you line up the shapes and you've got to match them all in. And there's different points on the grid where there's like different uh, attributes where you want to line up the correct colors and uh, put them on that way. So, you know, you spend a bit of time just like figuring out how to fit all these ingredients and their different shapes onto this grid. And then eventually you're like, all right, do you want to craft this item? And it will show you what the item will become. And they've got a grading from D to A. And then obviously the, the higher the grading, the better the item, the more efficient it will be in battle. So the, the whole sort of aim of the game is to just craft efficient items, whether it's in your weapons and your medicine and all that. And the more efficient and better you are at crafting, uh, the better you'll be in battle and fair up in the game. Hasn't been an issue so far because I set it to easy because I want to get through this game. Um, <laughs> for the sequel, I've been. I'm just trying to get through some RPGs before the sequels come out, which, uh, you know, <laughs> Nintendo has not helped me with whatsoever. But is, is it turn-based combat? Yeah. So uh, this one is turn-based combat. All all the diff- all the games are pretty much like Final Fantasy. You know, they they change up mm. from iteration to iteration. And Atelier Sophie, mm. it's turn-based. But the more sort of recent Atelier Riser, it's a uh, an active time battle where mm. you're you're watching the sort of moves come down uh, the side of the screen and You've got to like quickly select your moves uh, okay. you know, before you get hit. Um, uh, maybe similar to what Final Fantasy Twelve was. I haven't played Final Fantasy Twelve, but I know it was active. Um, Everyone hated it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I look back on it. Yeah, so I'll just let you know that straight. It's not a popular view. Um, I look back on it fondly, but everyone fucking mm. hated that time. I definitely prefer just like the um, the turn based combat. Just be like, all right, what am I going to do? And mm. just like select it out that way. Otherwise, I might just prefer to play an action game. And sort of run around and do it myself, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely right yeah. with you there. Oh, nice. So, do you have a, anything left to say on Atelier Sophie? Was it two? Was it the second one? I haven't, one? I haven't gotten into the second one yet. Just, uh, just playing the first, the first one. one. But no, I think that's uh, that's pretty much it. I definitely recommend it if you're into like some like if you're into crafting systems. I've never been yeah. a massive crafter, but I do enjoy it in this where it is. It is satisfying going out and gathering and bringing it back, and you still got those awesome sort of character um, interactions as well as a, a good combat system as well. Um, yeah. But as far as like an overall story, especially in this first game, um, it's 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 not so much there. It's just about the characters and the slice of life in a sleepy town. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nice. Well, I, I'm glad it has a good combat system. I'm pretty sure, Lockie, you've been playing something with a good combat system. What, what have you been playing this week, my oh, friend? Oh, yeah. You're trying to get me to lead into Returnal. Well, I'm oh, not going to do it. Oh, what? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I will. Yeah, I will talk about Returnal. Yeah, so I picked up Returnal. Because <laughs> I've Zach. got no impressions. I've been playing nothing but Elden Ring still. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like 125 hours in. <laughs> I and and here's the thing. I don't want to go too much into Returnal because I know our listeners have heard you rave about this in the past. So I think mm. I'll just sort of give this, uh, give a little bit of an update there from my take. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, just just to summarize, Returnal is basically aliens but not aliens so you got 
So you got that. You got Brienne of Tarth from um, Game of Thrones. It's not that, but it just reminds <laughs> me of it so much. Um, so you got Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones crash landed on an alien planet. She is stuck in a repeat cycle of of death and and discovering and discovering her old corpses scattered throughout this alien world that seems to shift and move around as you go through it. And it is a roguelike game. It is a it, uh, with RNG dungeon generation for levels and different biomes and planets. Um, with with different color schemes and things to explore. Mm-hmm. This game is a running third-person shooter, and I gotta say, it is so much fucking fun. I love this game. It is incredible. The gameplay they have absolutely nailed in smooth smoothness, just navigating your way through the world, running through it. You can get up to some really fun speeds, and using the dash button to get a little bit further with your platforming. I am enjoying the hell out of this one. Something else to shout out with this game is that it has, it really nails surrounding sound effects so well, and it makes full use of its controller, being able to have the haptic feedback and the vibration functions and being able to generate noise from itself. And mm. some of the noises that it makes just accessing items and, and I don't know, and opening up treasure chests, it just... It, it hits you in all sensory places of, of, you know, that dopamine rushing out to be able to get that stuff. <laughs> Even if it's just a friggin' health health item, it makes you feel like the best thing in the world. And I can't, I can't explain it. It's a really, really well-polished, well-utilized game that makes use of all of PlayStation's extra assets. It's yeah. not the type of experience that you'll be able to get, you know, through a PC on an Xbox controller. It really knows what it is, and it's making full use of that. So... It's oh. a very, very impressive title in that standpoint. Bloody, yeah. it, it makes me so happy to hear you say that, hey, because yeah. of all the Sony first-party games, their exclusives, I'd have to say Returnal and Ratchet and Clank use haptic feedbacks and the adaptive triggers mm. the best. Oh, and uh, the Astro's Playroom as well, too. Now, and, and it's the, the thing they do with the adaptive triggers, how, you know, you have your initial fire if you hold in the left trigger just a little bit, then if you hold it in the entire way, you have the secondary fire. I just thought it was just such a genius move. And once you get used to it, it just feels so mm. natural to play. And, and you're absolutely right with that haptic feedback. They've, they've just really, really utilize that for even the littlest things like picking up objects and it, 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 it those little touches, it makes a big difference. Like they, these are the kind it of does. game, it's a game I'd point to that where haptic feedback and adaptive triggers actually really do mean something. So yeah, it, br- it brings me a lot of joy to see that you're enjoying it because I had issues with Returnal. I didn't like how there wasn't save files uh, and a bit of the and just the brutal difficulty was just a bit too much for me. But I know you 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 love self flagellation. You're a from software fan, so I yep. knew the difficulty would be <laughs> yep. right up your alley. And now they've got save files in. You can suspend the cycles, so you that you can yeah you don't exactly have to be stuck in that one cycle. Exactly. I spent an hour getting to the second sort of level, which is a desert sort of biome, and mm. I was able to just save it and suspend, and guess what I'm going to do after this fucking recording? I'm going to get straight back into it. So I very <laughs> much appreciate that all of the kinks were ironed out before I was able to play it, and I'm just getting a seamless experience. It's fantastic. Um, And the game is difficult. The game has... It's one of those interesting ones. This is what I love about good quality roguelites and and RNG is that sometimes you'll get a good run where you get all the best things that give you the right sort of edge to have the the good 
weapons um you have you're getting all of the good upgrades and bonuses that sort of buff and protect you if you do take a, a few hits so you can actually take on those bigger bosses because you can sometimes have a bad run and it is impossible to get through even the first boss sometimes mm. where they just have too much throwing at you and um like yeah i am not a good enough player to be able to say oh yeah no nah, that's so fucking easy and i'm never gonna get hit because everything's moving too slowly no there's a lot of shit going on and it's it's sometimes you just dash into it at a mistake mm. um it's a lot of fun uh veteran roguelike player i am enjoying the crap out of it now there are a few, a few things that i just want to mention that i'm a little bit disappointed in mm. the first is super scaling we're going to talk about super scaling. We're going to get into it. It has to happen. I have been cursed. Well, I've been blessed at, with being able to afford um, a 4K TV and a really nice um, graphics card for a computer to play proper 4K games that haven't been super scaled to all buggery. And I'm also cursed with that knowledge because now every time <laughs> I pull up a PS5 game, I can see really bad super super sampling and super scaling trickery going on and it's driving me up the wall so basically whenever you see the game move on a 4k tv everything's sort of slightly blurry and shimmery so they've cranked up motion blur to the nth degree i can't stand motion blur if Mm. the graphics are done right and you've got a high enough frames per second you do not need motion blur it's a crutch and um and and it's just looking at the environments you you can't even take good screenshots because you know that it's not a it's not a proper crisp in, image, and you can see that the game has been graphically scaled down to be able to run at sixty frames per second, which I I appreciated, and and this game definitely needs to be at that higher frames per second. But it's just disappointing knowing that what the game was made to be, they had to take a lot of hits in order to fit it on the hardware that is the mm. PlayStation Five. Mm. If I had an option between playing this game on a PlayStation 5 and on a PC port that was done right. I would pick the PC port, even though, you know, the PS5 has the great controller and the great haptic feedback and all and all that shit. It's good and it's engaging and feels good, but it just doesn't compare to something that visually is crisp and clean mm. and graphically right on a 4K TV. Just doesn't. Yeah. So... Um, so, you know, grain of salt, but with that said, the game's absolutely fantastic. I am locked into the PlayStation version, so I can only recommend the PlayStation version. It's only um, on I'd say yeah, this game. PlayStation as well, yeah. PS5 exclusive. <laughs> Hands down, 8.5, e- easily. Okay, nice. Now, now, Drew, do you have a PlayStation 5? Yeah, I bought one at launch. I, I got Returnal as well. Okay, um, what do you think? I bought Returnal with very much the uh, mindset, like, all right, this is like a... I'm going to treat like I'm going to treat this game like any other housemark game, just as a, a score chaser. I'll sit down. I'll do a run. I'm not going to beat my head against the wall. I'm just going to have mm. fun. And the gameplay is just tremendous. Like mm. like Lockie said, it's so much fun. And uh, like pulling that trigger in for the first time, it's one of the most satisfying use of that. Mm. If Actually, no, definitely. It is definitely the most satisfying use of that controller, just like, <laughs> and like with the sound and all that coming out of it. It's oh. just it's tremendous what they did uh, with the with the controller but i i haven't beaten or anything like that i i like i said i'm not going to beat my head against the wall i play it when i want to play it and sort of just treat it like i did with like super stardust or any of their past games where i just pick it up on my vita put it down and i don't let it rule my life because <laughs> if i do i will go insane because i'm not that good at it either 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think they're the perfect kind of games you can do that with roguelites as well. I played Hades that exact same way. Like I'd mm. pick up Hades and then when something else came along, I'd put it down for a little while and it's just the game I chipped away at. But Hades is my favorite game on Nintendo Switch. So I'm all for that. And now they've got co-op in Returnal as well too. So if you're having a hard time, you can have a friend jump in and join you as well. It's uh, it's bloody great. It is, it is, it is a fantastic game. But yeah, but hey, I have no impressions, as I mentioned before, because I've been playing nothing but Elden Ring and we've talked about it endlessly on this show. So that'll do us this week for news to reviews. It has been a lot of fun this episode. I've had a great time. I'm feeling, <laughs> for someone who's, who started at 8am, I'm feeling wide awake now, I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Drew, thanks so much for joining us. I had such a good time. Yeah, welcome back anytime. Thanks so much. No, thank you so much. And thanks for sort of, uh, you know, doing an early recording that fit in with my, I guess, uh, my time schedule. Had, a, had an absolute blast talking to you guys. You guys have like such an energetic show talking about you know video games, everything that you love, um, even though that it was NFTs and a few other things today. You know, so, <laughs> but you, 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 you got to talk about these things sometimes. Otherwise, you know, these companies will just run amok and they'll, oh, they'll yeah. listen to news to reviews and they'll be like, all right, we need to stop this, boys. This is <laughs> this has gone too far. This is gone. That's right. Far. We have. We've got more influence than the ACCC. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, no one with any influence listens to this shit. <laughs> no, no, God, no I hope way. not. <laughs> oh, dear. Drew, please remind our audience once again where they can find all the wonderful stuff you put out there on the interwebs. Yeah, sure. So do the, the House of Mario Nintendo podcast, which is our oh, South Australian ooh. Nintendo podcast, do with Bryce. Talk about everything Nintendo, the news, impressions of games. Do uh, also Encore at the House of Mario, which is sort of a, a bit of a supplement to the House of Mario. It's set up on a separate feed, and it's very mm. much focused around like um, I guess more evergreen topics as well. Like for example, I might tackle whether like whether Nintendo games should be considered art or something like that, and I just sit down for about half an hour and discuss that. And that is also where we do reviews on say latest games, where I bring in like a different guest to talk about. Um, you know, say Kirby or Pokemon that we've done earlier this year. Be having a friend of mine, Buddy Watson, talk about Nintendo Switch Sports hey, in the upcoming week. Show Buddy Watson, he's been on here before. Yeah, nice. Yes. So we'll be having him on talk about that since he's a big Wii Sports fanatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of fun doing that. Also do an interview podcast called A Drew Story where we just bring on people, have a, have discussions about whatever we want to talk about at the time. Very much mm. just an excuse to talk to awesome people like yourselves with this show, you know, it's just a good excuse. But, right, you know, that Drew fella, he seems like not, not too bad a bloke. Let's bring, <laughs> him on. Let's bring him on the podcast. And I'll, I'll love to extend the invite back to you guys. Come on and draw oh. a story. We can talk about whatever you guys like to talk about. Just have a nice conversation. So definitely the invite is thrown back to you guys. Oh. And uh, yeah. Oh, I um, absolutely love that. I, I, I dig your Drew story podcast as well too. I've, I've li- I listened to your one about your your Jack Russells and your history of Jack Russells uh, and as someone who is just a, a a crazy dog person. I I'm obsessed with my fur baby. It hit me right in the feels. That's for sure. It was a, it was an emotional journey. But for any dog lover out there, I definitely reckon it may, maybe a bit of a difficult listen for you if you mm. if if you uh, feel a lot of emotions for your pets but it is definitely worth worth it uh, if you're a dog lover that is for sure it a- yeah that was a hard, hard one to record I lost my mm. dog last year and i'm like well the only way i know how to sort of get my 
get my feelings out and sort of uh, you know memorialize it in some ways. Doing a podcast because that's what I do, I guess. <laughs> oh, I bloody love it! What a yeah. what a great way to yeah work through the grief there and stuff as well too. Uh, yeah, misery loves company, as they say. <laughs> but it was also it wasn't just a miserable listen though. It was very heartfelt and 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 uh, loving as well too. It was bloody bloody. Wonderful. Uh, if you want to check out the any of the wonderful stuff we do at News to Reviews, you can check us out on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Twitter's probably the best place to keep track of everything we're doing. Our Twitter handle's at News to Reviews. That's with a number two instead of the word two. And this week, we are finally going to be finishing Tiny Tina's Wonderful. Oh, my God. Why do we even bother at this point? Keep saying it. It's not going to happen. Drew, we've said like this the last it. three weeks we we're going to finish Tiny Tina's Wonderlands on stream, and we just it just keeps going. It wasn't our fault. But this fault. time it's not. It it wasn't our fault last yes. time. We yes. were gonna do it. Yeah, it was bloody, Tiny Tina's fault. Their servers were down. Yeah, yeah. Bloody Gearbox decided they were releasing DLC. Didn't do a tweet to say that servers were going to be down or anything. So completely oblivious to us. So could not do it on Thursday. So this Wednesday, 6.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, twitch.tv slash news to reviews. We are going to finish Tiny Tina's? Probably. <laughs> yeah, tentatively. Maybe. You know, we want to. We're aiming. To. Everyone, hold them accountable this time. Don't let them. Don't let them slip away with it. You know, they've got to finish the game. They promised you guys, so make sure, make sure you hold them to the fire. That's right. Give us a give us a one star review if we don't finish. I'm going to regret mm. saying that. Don't, oh, yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Don't do oh that. Don't check fate. Uh, no, if you, if you like the podcast, though, please rate us on Spotify and iTunes or anywhere you like listening to the show. Lockie, do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners today? Uh, I don't have any words of wisdom for our listeners, but i got a word of wisdom for you. Stop oh. asking for reviews at the worst possible time. <laughs> One star review. Yeah, <laughs> no, pop in five star reviews, and if you, if you have negative opinions just pop them in the comments we'll read them but mm-hmm. still make a five-star review or else we won't read them. <laughs> yeah, i got a um, for the house of mario we got a four-star review which took it from five five out of five to 4.9 and that bothers me so much <laughs> <laughs> it does it does send us send us as much information if you don't feel like it's five stars but if you don't leave a five star we're not going to read it Oh, we're, we're, we're so new now that if we got a, a, a four star, it would just absolutely destroy our rating. We, we, <laughs> we do not have enough ratings on there. Oh, look, everyone, thanks for listening. And everyone out there, please take care of yourselves and take care of one another. <laughs> <laughs>